running with Maverick and Wolfman. I hear we have some questions. We do. So the first one, this guy's theory is that if you can run five 10-minute miles, you are fit enough to survive and finish a marathon. What are your thoughts? I think surviving a marathon and being well-prepared and safely running a marathon are completely different concepts. So for me, I would want to be prepared for the marathon because I wouldn't want to feel horrible during and after. (laughs) And, And I feel like there's people out there that can do some amazing things, but you don't hear from them the next day, right? They, <laughs> they might complete it, but they also might have to call off from work for three days. And that's not a good thing. No. My thought was you might be all right for five miles, but times that by five and then some, like you said, you might complete it, but you're not going to feel too good. So I wouldn't follow that advice. Listener. (laughs) It's kind of like we we usually say is if you're preparing for a race, you really want to do the work, go in there, prep, do everything you need to do for the race, because the more prepared you are, the better it's going to be. I've run races on low mileage or barely any mileage. It's horrible, horrible. You feel terrible during, you feel horrible after, and you just keep thinking to yourself, why didn't I prepare? That's all you keep asking is, why didn't I do the hard work? Agreed. Agreed. So that one I thought was more fun, and it didn't disappoint. So the next one I have, I believe this was for a marathon, when you have long runs. If you're unable to get the full miles in, is it better to make them up or to just move past it? There were two weeks in a row I wasn't able to do my full miles of my long run. So they doubled the one up. So can you, for the listeners that don't understand that lingo, can you put that into like an example with numbers? Can you just throw out something concrete? So their example in this question was that their long run was supposed to be 16 miles. Uh, They were not able to get all 16 in in one shot. So they did nine one day and seven the next. And then they were supposed to do 12, but could only get in eight. You know, time on your feet is important, and that's really the point of the long run. It's not necessarily about the miles. My current plan says 18 miles or an hour and 40 minutes. I have to agree with you on that. You know, I think we put a lot of emphasis on mileage versus actually the time running. So if you only have an hour to run, I wouldn't sweat how many miles you get done in that hour. I would just have a quality hour run and leave it at that. If you're going to worry about it and think about it and perseverate on it, there's no point. You only have an hour, do a quality hour and forget it. Yeah, I I agree. And then, you know, one of the big things for a marathon is when you're doing it, it, you have your quality runs or your workouts. And the most important quality run when you're training for a marathon is just like you said, it's the long run. So if you've got an hour, You make sure you devote that hour to your run. There was a time where I would try to get that mileage in no matter what. I'd piggyback it onto other days in the week. I might double up a run, things like that. As I thought about this question more, your plan is just that. It's a plan. Some days you might feel good and you might do a little more than you planned. Some days you might feel worse. You might do less than you planned. That day is done. I would 
make sure you're getting a quality run in. I would not worry about doubling up. You can double up a run if you have to, to get that time on your feet. It's a little more technical, but then you get into relative rest, which is where your body's not really resting. So if you were to do kind of like you had said in your example, you did nine miles and seven miles. Um, if you did it in the same day, you're still doing 16 miles because your body didn't really recover from the first seven. Right. So there, there's um, an option of there's an option of breaking up into two runs in one day. There's an option right. of running more the next day or two days later, putting it into your week. So your average comes out to the total. I, I don't see any problem with right. averaging it out. So if you wanted to change it so that the average comes out to the number that you're looking for, there's nothing wrong with that. However, if you run right. eight miles a day, seven days a week and get 56 miles, that might not be exactly great for when you're going to run 26.2 right now if you're running five k's that'd be awesome but not necessarily for that distance so everyone's different i tend to like to have at least one day off rest maybe two i like five quality days over seven not quality days it just depends but i would definitely say let go of some of that stress that you're putting on yourself. If you are putting on stress, I know I used to do that. I used to worry about everything. You said nitpick it down. Well, what if it was a little short? Well, what if the time's not right? You got to stop worrying so much because you're just taking away energy and wasting time and just do what you can do. So what I would do is if I couldn't get the hour in, I'd probably do whatever run I could do and then do a bunch of core stuff, pull-ups, push-ups. Yeah, that's a good point. Cross-train. Yeah, maybe you don't have the time for a run, but you could get the time on a bike. You're still working your cardio system. It's not quite time on your feet. You are stressing things differently, but that's a good point. It's optimization time. Do you have anything more to add to that question? Just to recap, I would say do the best you can, but it comes down to the individual. I think if most people did a lot more individualized running and prepping, then it would come out to be different than if you're just following a very strict program, which may or may not work for you. I think there should always be some individualization occurring. I think that's a good point. The only thing I would add to kind of along those lines is it depends on what your goal is. Your goal is to finish and not so much worry about performance. I wouldn't nitpick it as much. If you are looking for performance, then you can get more nitpicky. Then it becomes much more important not to miss certain things. Right. And like we're talking about, you always have to take some kind of rest to make sure that you're recovering as well. You know, you can't just push full throttle all the time because that won't work. Right. Good point. You need those easy days. So I have one more. So this is a question that I have struggled with. So I punted it to my brother-in-law because he's very good at these things and he's wise. (laughs) So one thing that I struggle with is finding the time and that am I being selfish by taking that time? And I've said it in our earlier episodes, I do try to find time where the family is not doing things. Maybe they're all still sleeping and that kind of stuff, but it doesn't always work out that way. So am I being selfish by carving this time out? And I like the way he put this, and this is why I punted it to him. In a nutshell, you are taking the time to build yourself up and you're doing your best to do it when it's not affecting your family. You are taking care of your family by taking care of yourself. So it's not selfish. It's selfish in a selfless way. And he worded that much better than I think I could. And that's why I punted it to him. So if you are feeling guilty, you're feeling like you're being selfish, 
If you are doing it for reasons to better your health, that's only going to benefit your family. For me, it's a big stress reliever. If I can get that stress relief somehow, you're not bottling it up. That's what I tend to do. And if I'm getting that release out on these runs, it just relieves your stress and it makes it that much better for everybody. So you are being selfish for selfless reasons. I thought that was great advice. Right. I would say you're doing something, like he said, to help yourself and help your family, right? You're exercising, you're staying fit so that you have a good quality life and you can do things for your family as well. I mean, I think it can get to be selfish if you are over the top, right? So if you are spending majority of your day that you're not working, say, uh, exercising and you're ignoring your family and your obligations to your family, that's a totally different story than what we're talking about. Most people aren't doing that. It's they're exercising 30 minutes, 60 minutes, 90 minutes in the day. If you've got the time to do that, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. And let's be honest, every day is different. So you're not always going to have the same schedule. Right. I think another, some people talk about it as like, oh, it's a good addiction. Oh, you know, running is a good addiction or cycling is a good addiction. Uh, um, I don't know that that's necessarily true. If you're that obsessive about something, I don't know that it is healthy because then you are taking away from other things. So just, just like anything, you've got to regulate it, if that makes sense. Look at it as like, oh, it's a healthy addiction, but if it were healthy, it wouldn't be called an addiction, right? Because addictions are not healthy. Well, um, uh, it's, you, know. you get into a real, real good debate here on this. <laughs> I think people can be over the top with their running, sure. But I think most people are not. Okay. I think most people are, are yeah. doing a good amount of running and they're enjoying it. They're getting endorphins released. They're feeling better. They're being healthy clearing their mind, like you said, stress reliever. They're doing all for all kinds of reasons, which are good reasons. People can be over the top. In that case, it would be, in my opinion, less people. Yeah. Maybe a a non-destructive addiction is a better way to put it. Until you get stress fractures. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What are those now? (laughs) So once again, if you're running to the point of injury after injury after injury, and you're not listening to your providers and you're not listening to your family and your friends and your whatever, if you're not listening to anyone, you're getting injured time and time again, that would be someone that's probably overdoing it. And I mean, we've all been there. We've all tried to run through injuries. It it just happens. You try to push through things and sometimes you just need a break. Sometimes you need to rest, recover, and then come back stronger later on. Right now, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Right now, my mileage is very low. My strength is up. My mileage is down. So I'm working (laughs) on building my mileage up. And in this process, I'll probably lose a few pounds because as my mileage goes up, it's inevitable. I'll probably shave off a few pounds. But I want to maintain my strength, my endurance. So I'm going to work on everything. But it is a process. I'm not going out and doubling, tripling my mileage every couple of days. I'm not doing that. It's a gradual increase, making sure that everything adjusts. Your body has to adjust to everything you do. You have to give it time for that. So that's why, once again, we're not going to, I'm not going to jump in and go, oh, I'm going to run a marathon tomorrow. I Could I do it? Yeah. Do I want to do it? No, because it's going to feel terrible once again. So I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to run a half marathon. Just running a 5K right now would probably hurt pretty good. So I'm not looking forward <laughs> to that either. <laughs> Don't they call that wolf man's law? Or no, wolf's law. Letting your bodies re- respond to the stress. 
Is there a Wolfman's Law? Because there there will be at some point where when it gets created. Oh, there should be. <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, you're right. Let me see what yeah. I got. Oh, I got I got a funny question. Okay. I'm ready for it. Let's get some levity after this. This is a funny question. This comes from someone that both of us know. Uh, oh, I'm not going to say who it is, but both of us know this person. If I guess afterwards, do I get a, a cookie or something? You're a cookie addict. That could be true. My wife went to that mom and pop shop I was telling you about the other day and got me a coffee. She didn't even ask me if I wanted a cookie. And uh, she's brought that cookie thing up. I don't know how many times. Like, oh, that's not a good enough cookie. <laughs> oh, here's the question. How can I run while watching TV? How, How can, can I run, I run while watching TV? This is a simple answer. I worked with a woman, and and what she does is she goes down in her basement, turns on her Netflix, and runs till the end of an episode, two episodes, whatever it is. She does it on a treadmill. I got to be honest. I am not a person that likes to watch TV while exercising. Oh, I couldn't do it. I could do my push-ups and sit-ups with it, but I'm not a fan of exercising while watching television. And, I mean, you see this all the time, though. People at the gym. They're either looking at their phone, they're reading a book, they're watching TV. You see it all the time. I'm just personally not a fan of it. I don't know how people. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how you read a book and run on a treadmill. I would like to see how fast someone could run and read a a book, (laughs) like a speed reader and a fast world class runner all at the same time. Earlier, we talked about habit forming, and I believe it is 21 days. In a much earlier episode in a galaxy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you, you can, you could definitely go watch TV. You could read a book. You could do whatever you want to do. When people ask me, can I listen to music while I run? I say, if you're competing in a level that that's going to restrict you, I wouldn't get in that habit because the rules are rules. You can't, you yeah. can't violate them. You're not going to be able to run in a race with that device so if it's you know if it's a high schooler i I wouldn't recommend that if if it's a collegiate runner you're not going to be able to use that music during the race so i wouldn't get accustomed to doing that all the time plus for me i always think it's a safety issue because you can't hear a car you can't hear people yelling to you so i'm not a big fan of that now if you're at the gym and you're on a treadmill that's a little bit different so i've done that where i've listened to in music while i'm on the treadmill I agree. Ironically enough, my son has just started getting into running. We'll call him Wolfman Jr. I mean, we could do Wolf Boy, but Wolfman Jr. sounds better. But he was just asking me the same thing. Like he was looking for these headphones so he could wear them. And I said, no, you're not going to wear headphones while you run. I said, I think it's dangerous for those exact reasons. If you're running on the road, you got headphones in, you can't hear around you. I've run races where they now allow people to wear headphones. And I think it's just dangerous. Now, if you're running on a treadmill, sure. And uh, I'm not saying I don't run with music, but I'll use the speakers on my iPhone. I don't put anything in my ears because I want to hear what's around me. And I don't typically run with anything because that's my disconnect from all that stuff. I think you have both sides, right? I think some people use that as time to catch up on entertainment and other folks like yourself are trying to disconnect from the electronics that they're on every day and they're trying to relax or they're trying to clear their mind i have to cover the screen on a treadmill do you do that i can't even watch the lap thing i hate the treadmill (laughs) 
I, I run on it when I have to, but I'm not a fan. It's just different because the ground is moving and you're keeping up with it. It's nice for training someone for pace. Uh-oh. I agree with that. If someone's bad at pacing themselves, putting them on a treadmill can help. Back in the day when I used to have to go on the treadmill, when it was snowing too much, I would hate to run with people coming in, lifting weights all around you and stuff. It's not a good time. I agree. Let me ask you this question. What mileage were you averaging during your marathon training? Like closer to the marathon in the last month or two? Yeah. Well, I can tell you what I used to do and what I'm currently trying to do. What I used to do is I would try to peak at about 85 miles. Again, that's a goal. It didn't always happen. But my peak mileage would be 85 miles was my target. And that would happen somewhere within the last six weeks. You'd get to your peak mileage, maybe a week to two weeks, and then you start kind of tapering down. That's not terrible, considering we know runners that would run 100 plus miles. I think it depends. I know my body really well. I've trained for multiple things. I've tried multiple techniques and that mileage works well for me. And a lot of it, honestly, for me is tempo and threshold runs where I don't do a lot of quick repeats. I do them, don't get me wrong, but I don't respond well to those. I respond better to the thresholds and the tempo. It's kind of like you said before, I have one speed. So my training usually revolves around getting to that higher speed and maintaining it. So it depends on what works for you. That's what works for me. And my current training, as I'm trying to get back into things, my goal to peak is about 75. I'm pretty sore this week. I'm approaching 50 miles, which I have not done probably in the better part of a decade. (laughs) Hopefully peak around 75, but we'll find out here in a couple months. And once again, I think this is an individualized plan. So for me personally, I tend to run faster and less mileage. So I respond much better to quicker stuff, lots of tempo runs and repeats versus just doing long runs. Now, I still need the long runs to get endurance. I don't respond as well by just running farther and farther. Once again, I think it depends on what you're trying to do. Now, world-class marathoners are not going to be doing what we're talking about here. They're going to be doing a lot more mileage, very specific individualized plan that's their job that's their that's their job exactly that's their job so a new runner or a new marathoner is going to be running completely different than that it's not comparable Mm -hmm. so for someone that's starting off trying to to work their way up it should be a, a much different plan much different plan a lot of my friends that do marathons, they don't run every day. They don't run seven days a week. They don't even run five days a week. Yeah. Some of them run less and they just, they run longer runs. And then they have that mm-hmm. long run on, usually on Sunday. They do a really long run on Sunday yeah. to prepare for yeah. the marathon. And it works. It works for them. It's, it's their plan. Me personally, I would probably put in more days and spread out my mileage a little bit. And then I would want to do those long runs, really quality long runs. Cause that's, that's what you're prepping for. That's pretty, yeah. basically like, yeah you're prepping for your race. And on that note too, like, and this kind of circles back to that question earlier, we get so focused on Sundays, your long run, right? Well, if you've got time on Wednesday, Wednesday could be your long run. Your long run does not have to be Sunday. I agree with you though. You can have a long run any day of the week. It doesn't matter what day it is. If you're preparing for something specifically, when you're getting closer to the event, try to get more on that schedule. 
So if you're racing on a Saturday, it would be good to lead into it with a bunch of similar runs on a Saturday. Sure. But it doesn't mean yeah. you have to yeah. do that. It's just right. mind over matter, basically. Yeah. I was volunteering at a marathon one time and all the runners are coming through, you know, so it's like world-class athletes in the beginning at their great times. And then the times are still really good, but they're just progressively getting, you know, slower. They're getting to be where the end of the pack's coming in. And then the people are straggling in where there's barely anybody left. One person's coming in every once in a while. And, and this big guy, really big guy, tall, <laughs> he had to be over 200 pounds, big guy. And he's like, ask me questions and stuff. And he's telling me he basically didn't prepare for the marathon, right? He's telling me how he, uh, he just kind of jumped into it. And I'm like, what? You just, you just jumped into it. He's like, yeah, yeah. I just decided I was going to run it. And I was like, but you didn't really do much. He's like, no, not really. And I'm like, that's amazing that you were able to complete it. Like, that's pretty crazy that you were yeah. able to actually finish. Even I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure his time was not good, but it was amazing that he could complete it. Once again, not recommending this, but at the same time, he, uh, <laughs> he started asking me some more questions about like what he should do, you know, kind of telling him some stuff. And, uh, and then he goes, he goes, am I going to be sore later on? And I just started <laughs> laughing. I was like, I, I couldn't help it. I'm just laughing. Sore. You're going to be lucky if you could walk later on. You're not going to work tomorrow. You're not going to walk up steps. He had no idea what he was in for. Like I said, for me to run a 5K without preparing, it feels terrible. So I can't even imagine going into a marathon and being like, I didn't run much. I'm not really a runner. I'm just going to jump into it today. Sometimes ignorance is bliss, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> he did it. He did it. He completed a marathon. So if that's what his goal was. Hey, you know what? That's more than know. most people do, right? <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. Maybe he walked the whole thing. I don't know. But one of it is, yeah. there's no way, even if you were a walker, right? If you're not preparing with a walk, you're going to be sore the next day. You're going to have a lot of tightness. Oh, after yeah. Walking 26.2 miles, maybe you usually walk five, and now all of a sudden you're doing 26.2. Woo! I'm not doing that. <laughs> no. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please do what you do. <laughs> Maverick Wolfman. Running out. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Remember to like and share on Facebook, follow on Instagram, support the show so we can keep making great episodes. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered professional healthcare advice. We are not responsible for any losses, damages, or liabilities that may arise from the use of this podcast. This podcast is not intended to replace professional medical advice. The views expressed in this podcast may not be those of the hosts or the management.